0: University, the voice of Reichman University.
1: So, were were you the one who, who came up with putting a jet engine in in your unit?
0: No, no, no. That was before <laughs> me. That are some. That are few uh, 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 Russian scientists that went out of Raphael. It's <laughs> always the Russians. No, yeah, sorry. always, always. <laughs> they went out of Rafael uh, from. Uh, This kind of an engine was used for a military application, I don't know exactly which one, Uh, but we are only handling the civil application of uh, this uh, uh, unique small jet turbine, Uh, but it is unique.
1: Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porres and Hannah Rifkin. Welcome to the Actually Serious podcast in partnership with Audioversity and NoCamels, the leading site for Israel Innovation News. I'm Aaron Porras, and before we continue, remember to follow and subscribe for more of the most interesting and innovative from Israel with all topics and the wonderful people behind them considered. Uh, now, my guest today I'm very excited to, to speak with because this addresses something that I think the the vast majority of the world is very focused on, which is, of course, clean energy how do we heat our homes, how do we power our cars and the grid and uh, and create power that is green and sustainable and cost-effective. Uh, and so, I, without further ado, I'm here with Ziv Nier, Vice President of Business
0: Development at TurboGen. Ziv, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you for inviting me over. It will be a big pleasure to spend a few minutes with you. Yeah. Talking, talking about the, one of the most important topics, as you said, Green energy and energy, in, in general. Well,
1: you know, and what what is it about this topic? Because, because of course, there's there's a million different things that uh, that are in major issue around the world. What is it about the energy crisis that maybe drew you to this field?
0: Well, the, we have to describe the energy crisis first in order right. to understand uh, why we are sitting here. The energy problem is around the world is mainly due to the fact that governments stopped investing money in grid. When you see going around the world, you go to Europe, old parts of Europe, go to the US, you see every storm, every strong wind, every strong rain stops the electricity because of old generation grid that cannot take the power and is not enough in capacity to move the power, even if it is generated in green sources like hydropower Mm -hmm. or PV panels.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's something that that I've noticed really a lot is that uh, even if we even if we upgrade the generator, even if we upgrade the source of our power, we we have an antiquated system of getting that electricity to where it needs to go and that's really a, a global issue.
0: Yeah, indeed. If you go to the uh, last publication made in the US, they need to invest 2.5 trillion dollars to improve the grid system. I don't know any I go- mean it's over any, 100 any, years old. Yeah, any any government that will approve this kind of a budget to do that and if yeah if even doing that it will take them until twenty fifty to complete. So if they will start tomorrow morning. So I think the main focus today is to find a different source or a different way to manage the uh, the energy. And this is coming to the point that the microgrid is the solution. You can join with turbogen or with other solutions, but microgrid producing the energy exactly where it is required. This is the way how you're going to manage the uh, the power distribution without depending on the old grid. So, I, so wait. Uh, so, again, you're talking about totally bypassing.
1: I mean, forget investment in upgrading this 100-year-old system, which, I mean, again, we're talking about forest fires that are sparked because some ancient wire will, will fall or, or who knows. I mean... You're talking about generating the power locally, correct? Correct. That that is this is the future. This is and where is, the
0: world is going to. How big
1: does a unit to produce power for, say, Manhattan need to be?
0: No, that that probably will be a big one. That probably will go to a huge investment, like on Edison, like a huge. Uh, uh, um, Multi megawatt uh, system. That, that's not the goal. The goal is to, uh, to take the microgrid into the building. That means that the building will produce its own energy without depending on the grid. This is where you put the uh, special, unique type of generator inside the building with a storage of heat, with a storage of electricity, with a storage of hydrogen, and manage the uh, energy, not only electricity, manage the energy inside the building. So a a multifamily building of, let's say, 400 families, if you take 1.5 to 2 kilowatt per uh, family per apartment, you will need something that is close to a 600 kilowatt system or a a little bit more. But this is not a big generator if you talk about the modern ones. Mm -hmm. And this will reduce the dependency on the grid.
1: And is this, I mean, is this a system that, is self-sustaining to a degree? because you, you mentioned that having a store of hydrogen or, uh, or, or some other gas or, or you know what, what is the fuel really that
0: needs to go into this generator? So today, uh, most of the microgrid system are depending on natural gas. And as everyone knows, right. the United States is well distributed gas around everywhere. So natural gas is running everywhere. And this is the same in Europe, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And even in Brazil, so that, that natural gas is coming like water to every home, and natural gas will be the current propellant for the uh, for the system. But if you are looking for the future, the future goes to hydrogen because hydrogen creates no pollution. All right. Today it, the, it creates water basically. Yeah. Today the problem is to produce the hydrogen, but there is a multi-billion-dollar investment in uh, uh, development in new ways how to produce hydrogen and to store hydrogen.
1: So how do how talk to me about how green quote unquote that is because if we're talking about the emission of a hydrogen powered system being water typically uh, which is amazing but what is the what is the method of producing the hydrogen as you said because right now that's it that is in development and how green is that well
0: today if you use pv panels it's absolutely green so because the electricity comes from the sun and you don't burn any fossil mm-hmm. fuel to pre- to produce the uh, hydrogen. But the hydrogen is still in the future, you know, we're still at the very early stages of using hydrogen. Today, we can declare that our system can work a 50-50 hydrogen and natural gas mix. But if you're looking about the uh, potential using hydrogen and when the hydrogen will be able to be, uh, uh, let's say, transmitted through the tubes or by vessels or by trucks, uh, it will be easier. I think the regulation today is not allowing that. Regulation is very strict and moving hydrogen around. And I don't know if anyone not today, without a regulation, will be happy to live on the hydrogen bomb in the basement. But uh, if the future says that it will be, it will be possible. And if you're talking about emissions, uh, just in general, if you're looking about the huge power plant that produces power outside the city. Out of one dollar, almost sixty-five cent is lost on the transmission and the uh, heat that it produces. So only about thirty-five percent of the energy arrives to the home. And when wow. you use and <laughs> when you use a microgrid system producing the energy where it is required, it's almost one hundred percent goes to directly to the building.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah. So this is why everyone is looking for the microgrid solution.
1: So uh, yeah, look, what what is the market? For that you, I mean, you're mentioning everybody. Like, how many people are working on this? How, like, how-
0: there are a few companies already in this market uh, for the microgrid, uh, uh, not so many yet. It's quite relatively new, although some companies are existing in the market for let's say almost uh, 15 or 18 years. But the big penetration has not yet uh, uh, been accomplished. Uh, if you're talking about the US, the DOE, the Department of Energy in the United States, declare that approximately 270,000 sites in the United States are worthwhile investing with a microgrid uh, system. So you are talking about close to 300,000 places. If you're looking only about uh, um, multifamily homes, you are talking about 72,000 houses or buildings or multi-story buildings that are capable of installing or it's worthwhile installing this kind of a CHP combined heat and power system. So the market is, is uh, huge. Now, and
1: I want to talk a little bit about uh, about maybe your background. Then, like, how did you how did you get to Turbogen in the first place? Like, what's what, what's your journey to, to this uh, to this company and to this issue?
0: So my background is in article engineering from the Technion in Israel, and uh, I've worked for the aerospace industry for many many years, for almost for the last twenty years. Um, so were,
1: were you the one who, who came up with putting a jet engine in, in your unit? No, no, no. That
0: was before <laughs> me. That are a few uh, 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 Russian scientists that went out of Rafael. It's <laughs> always the Russians. No, yeah, sorry. always, always. <laughs> they went out of Rafael, Uh from uh, this kind of an engine which is used for a military application. I don't know exactly which one, uh, but the, we are only handling the civil application of uh, this uh, uh, unique small jet turbine. Uh, But it is unique, it is unique because we are working in extreme conditions, in extremely high temperature, an extremely high uh, revolution, talking about 80,000 RPM. This is something extremely unique. And this is why I found a lot of interest in this kind of uh, industry. And uh, knowing part of the people working in the company, uh, let's say, pulled me in uh, to this market and this company.
1: Is... uh are, are the materials, again, going back to maybe that green question, are the materials uh, easily sourced? Because I think that's one of the major unsung or maybe minorly uh, attended to issues in uh, in renewable energies right now is, is that sourcing the materials to build a lot of these turbines, a lot of these uh, uh, solar panels, a lot of the, you know, w- whatever it is, are... Dwindling, or being monopolized, from cobalt mines to to who knows what, Uh, yeah. And and then obviously recycling those materials is becoming an equally uh, large issue.
0: Indeed, there are some some of the materials we are using uh, are not so easy to be uh, uh, traced or located in uh, located in the market. Uh, But most of the materials that we use are off the shelf. Standard, really? standard material, standard product, because otherwise it will not be able to to uh, approve the economy of the uh, system. So it it must be cheap. It must be economical. Otherwise, we cannot we cannot provide that. I think the the basic idea when you are looking around the world on this kind of microgrid system, is that everyone is now selling uh, energy as a service. That means mm. we give the the end customer the system for free. And he is committed to buy the energy coming out from the system, both the heat and the uh, uh, electricity, for a long period of time, so it will justify the, the investment. And this is, by the way, in the same, the same method in the aerospace industry. I don't know if you know that the, when you buy a new airplane, it comes without the engines. The engines, you make a separate contract with the engine manufacturer. <laughs> so it is, it is, it is, it is, it is a, a fly-by-the-hour. This is what you pay them for the hour you use the engine. And not that the engine is part of the aircraft. So this is the new contract. So
1: so that's more or less how how my airfare is calculated, is how how long the flight is?
0: Yes, of course. Of course. Now, of course, the uh, the engine manufacturer wants to uh, fly. That engine will work a lot because they are charging by the hour. Right. But the airliner wanted to be as short as possible. But in any case, th- there's nothing too short. But the, the speed of the uh, flight is uh, determined by the. Uh,
1: yeah, do, I mean, doesn't yeah, doesn't that make the incentive of, uh, as you said, the the manufacturer I think to make flights longer arbitrarily? Is that, um, is that why the Concorde died? Yeah, no, I mean, no, no, other no, than not, the not sonic really. booms constantly. <laughs> no, no,
0: not not really. I think the, the incentive is. Uh, um, on one hand, to make a very reliable engine, so the mm. service will be less and less because it's fly-by-the-hour and the service is on the engine manufacturer not anymore on the airliner. So w- we are working in the same method. So we supply a unit and the unit is at our cost and we only charge for the energy.
1: Wow. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned, obviously, like that the unit needs to be affordable. It needs to be easily sourced materials. Uh, and so you... My understanding off your website is that you've also made it modular, so it's like so you can you know take pieces and upgrade certain bits here and there. Yes,
0: that's that one of the basic fundamentals of the design of the system. What we are you the only one doing that? uh, The our competition did something different. uh, That when you need to change something, it's a bloody work to do it. It's a lot of work, a lot of man hours. And a lot which of down, a, which a, creates and, its own market, really. Uh, yeah, and, and a, lo- a long downtime uh, until you got the system running mm-hmm. back again. And we have designed the system by blocks, so you can remove a block with a new block and start working again. And this is the same one of the biggest principles when you are uh, multi fuel system. If you want to uh, change the combustor from natural gas to one hundred percent hydrogen, it's a work of less than half an hour. And wow. with the competition, it can take them three or four days.
1: Well how does so, with your ethos of making things modular and making things easily replaceable fixable by those who buy it, is that like do you believe that once I buy your unit, it's mine and I can do with it what I want? You know, because like, and how does that compare, or how would you uh, speak, say, about Apple products or Tesla products that they say, oh, you have to come back to a Tesla manufacturer or an Apple manufacturer, you can't change anything. It's not really yours, even though it's in your hand, even though you've paid for it.
0: Well, if you're talking about the case that we are selling the system, that is not the case. As I said, we are giving the system for free. Mm, It is our system. So I think the customer really doesn't care what is inside, as long as he gets the energy and the heat coming out from the system. But in case uh, uh, we want to sell the system and we wish to uh, uh, sell the system to the end customer, I think there is no other choice because they, they are so unique. Uh, it's a unique design. You cannot replace it with the standard product. I'm not talking about the electrical components in the uh, mm-hmm. electrical co- uh, control because this is standard. But I'm talking about the uh, let's say the uh, let's say thermomechanical uh, part of the system. It's it's unique.
1: Uh, so that's I mean so that's really like uh, in in a sense the business model as well. It keeps like it. it Make sure that turbo gen stays in the picture correct
0: correct mm-hmm. that, that's that, that's the way you, you cannot replace it with some with an another turbine from another manufacturer it does, right. doesn't fit in so you know another thing that that you're
1: reminding me of is there was a you know recently this very viral discussion at the oxford union i don't know if you ever watch any of those uh debates and uh, recently, no, not really. so recently, there, there was a debate at the Oxford Union. It's a, you know, a long standing tradition to invite guest speakers, as well as student speakers on either side of the debate. And then, you know, they have varying topics from everything to everything else. Uh, but recently, the one that went viral, there was a satirist named, um, oh, God, something kissing. I'm, I'm <laughs> so bad with names. Uh, Constantine Keeson. And he discussed how there's this battle of ideology between this, um, you could you could call it neo Marxist neoliberal, uh, quote unquote woke culture of tearing things down because they are uh, you know inherently evil in some respect or another as opposed to just sitting down and building it and building the future and that and he likened he used climate change which is why I'm bringing this up. As his, uh, as his focal point about how climate change is like this massive, massive issue. And all over the world, you see these companies who are talking about carbon offsets, you know, at, at, instead of proactively addressing the issue. Uh, what, what's your take on that?
0: Well, carbon will be a part of our life for many, many years to go, because gas will be here and the, uh, we will continue burning different types of things until the hydrogen will be fully commissioned in the market, but this will take time. So we continue uh, making uh, carbon, but there are new ways how to capture the carbon, how to use the captured carbon in the cement industry, in the uh, 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 paving industry, in Mm. making roads. It's not cheap, it's not easy, uh, it's not so safe, but there are solutions, probably these solutions will come more and more uh, uh, to the market. But carbon will be a part of our life for many, many years. We cannot get rid of that unless we will all start working instead of driving cars and uh, not using electricity. because we continue, as long as we continue burning, carbon will be the. You know, there's a big, uh, uh, let's say, anti movement uh, for the uh, for the. Uh, if you go to nuclear energy, but now it looks like nuclear energy is booming again.
1: It's one of the cleaner options. It's one of the cleaner
0: options, uh, besides the fact that you have to get rid of the uh, residue from the right. uh, So and that (laughs) now this is buried. This is this is buried in Africa or buried in uh, other places, but in maybe South America. But again, nuclear energy is is the cleanest uh, solution today. Well, you know the Americans have uh, now made an experiment of uh, um, making energy. More than the investment uh, energy inside the process, but this is something that is still need to be proven. Probably will take I don't know 20, 30, 40 years until this will be commercialized. Yeah, I mean, but uh, there is a way. There is a way.
1: So yeah, I mean, like how how do you navigate the political waters? The the um, you know the issues of licensing and and legal loopholes that you as a creator need to go be- between in order to get your product out there and make the difference that you want?
0: Well, today, I must admit, the governments around the world helps us. Uh, there are a lot of benefits in the United States, for instance, for everyone that installs a kind of a CHP system, whether mm-hmm. it's ours or anyone else. There are some uh, regulations that provide uh, tax benefits on that. And this is supported by the government, but... Are this, there like
1: energy companies like Con Ed, that are fighting against you? Because, you know, like say, for example, all the people who are putting uh, EV panels on their house and then suddenly they technically should have been earning money.
0: Well, I must admit and it's the other way around because Con Edison understand that they cannot transmit more power to the net. This is a fact. And in, on one hand, on the other hand they are almost at the edge of their production. So they are very happy and they're even willing to pay you for any kilowatt that you put in the system and reduce the burden from them. So, you know, even electricity company like here in Israel, it's re- now starting to be regulated and controlled and there are a lot of uh, uh, local private producers that are mm-hmm. pouring net re- to the net uh, electricity. It, it is changing, it is changing because the big uh, uh, conglomerates producing energy around the world understand that there is a massive amount of money and time and they are becoming so slow and so bureaucratical companies it doesn't it doesn't really help them to move more energy into the system
1: hmm. <laughs> like, I just yeah, like i I just keep thinking of this uh, of this issue of the end consumer and Manufacturers and then regulatory commissions and and then businesses like ConEd. I keep bringing them up because uh, you know for, for lack of a, a another company. Yeah, I, I can
0: tell you some nice story just came to us. Uh, you know, the Con mm-hmm. Edison, Con-, Con Edison are paying you money up to six hundred dollar if you replace the rubber seal on the refrigerator, because this will save energy from uh, loss of cooling uh, from the refrigerator.
1: Is everybody listening to that? You can make six
0: hundred dollars just for replacing the rubber seal on the refrigerator in the united states it's stupid silly but that this is how it goes to so because they understand they're losing a lot of energy on the way wow well what i mean what are they doing to tell people about that though uh, it is published. It is published. A lot of people But you is know, it advertised? Like, is it really? Is the word on things like that really spread? I suppose in the in the US, yes. Uh, we we are not so familiar about know, that because it's not working it. here. But right. in the US, I suppose yes, because you, you you see now a lot of people are making money of that because of all these uh, uh, refrigerator technicians are running and trying to replace everyone's uh, rubber seal around the door. So but, uh, it is it is bringing a new, totally new market. But again, energy losing energy—it's a big issue, a big big issue. Isolation and losing energy. It's
1: so how like, so we we've talked a lot about the states. What is it like in? What's the situation like in Israel?
0: Well, Israel regulation is still let's say a lot way back. Uh, we are not yet there. It is first of all, gas is not available. The, the, we found gas. There is only one big pipe going from the north to the south along road number six. Some factories are already connected to the uh, uh, gas pipe. Some farmers are already connected to the uh, uh, gas pipe. Uh, Electricity is produced on gas, but it's not coming to your home. It's not coming to the house. Uh, There is only one city in Arad uh, that the gas is coming to the house, but it's a very small city, nothing to invest there and it looks like uh, the new neighborhood in tel aviv close to the um, reading uh, power plant mm-hmm. they will have uh, natural gas in their homes wow. and this could be an opportunity for us uh, and on the other hand i think the regulation here for putting this kind of a small uh, power generator inside the home inside the house it's very very uh, strict in israel it's not not yet uh, in the United States, they don't care. As long as you follow the regulation and you have UL approval, just connect it. That's it. It's very simple. They don't care. Produce energy and connect it to the, uh, to the building. As long as you produce less than the building consumption. This is something important. If the building consumption is 1 megawatt and you produce 1.5, you cannot do that. Because Why? You have, because the regulation in the States does not allow you to sell excess power to the grid from a small private producer.
1: So that, so that goes back to what I was saying before, where, yep. where you're, you can't really... You cannot sell the right. excess
0: power. So we design the, the size of the system, let's say, to a little bit less than the uh, minimum average of the consumption of the building.
1: And so, so what do you do? You just sell them a, a unit that is smaller, or can you put like a limiter on it? No,
0: the system works 100% capacity all the time. So we sell them a smaller unit. We wow. provide them with a smaller unit, because the excess power cannot go anywhere. Wow, that's like
1: so that I mean yeah, that goes back to what I was saying about the regulators, where it, it it gets in the way that that there's this lobby to keep consumers hooked. I mean here you are providing a system that essentially could free people from. The energy from the energy grid. From from the the energy grid. grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Correct. And they're not allowed to really use it. They only allow today from private houses using PV panels. If they have a battery storage, they can sell small amount of excess energy to the grid. But it's marginal. There's almost nothing there. But if you're looking in urban places like New York, Boston, Chicago, you don't have enough place for any PV panels because the roofs are fully equipped with all the pumps and the, the chillers and the, the elevators, mm-hmm. engines. So there's no place on the roof to put any PV panels. So they have to depend on something else, something that you can put in a basement and run in on gas. So mm-hmm. there's there no in, inside urban places that is not really a solution today.
1: So so TurboGen, does that solve the most immediate issue? Is that that's good for places that have access to natural gas? Correct. Uh, or PV panels, or both, or it needs it needs a PV. No, no, no. We don't need a EV PV panel. panel.
0: We don't need any any PV PV panel. You don't. Need uh, just no, no, the no. Gas. Ju- just the gas to run the system. Um, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's like a plug and play system. You just put it in the basement, connect a, a tube of gas, and then you have the hot water coming to the building, and uh, the electricity going to the building. By the way, you know we we are saving a lot of CO coming to the uh, air by not using these huge boilers that they have in the basement. Because today, you know, they, it's not like in Israel, that you have a heater for hot water inside each apartment. They have a huge boiler in the basement. And, mm-hmm. and if the water goes down by one or two degrees, this boiler starts working and it's a massive, massive flame. Eight meter long flame, working on gas, burning a lot of gas just to complete the missing temperature, missing two or three degrees in temperature. So our system solves solves this a lot. So the the boiler will almost never work uh, unless in extreme conditions.
1: What's and what's the what's the difference in end cost to consumer? What like uh, between somebody living let's say let's say we install turbogen in a high rise and and that person is now paying utilities to turbogen as opposed
0: to uh, as, as opposed to whoever's running the boiler. What's what's the difference in the average cost? We calculated without benefits, without the benefits of the tax benefits, and uh, uh, without the op- uh, reduction of the use of the uh, uh, boiler, we can easily say that we can save something between 15 to 20 percent in the cost. and it's a lot of money. That's huge. It's huge. It's huge. Are you
1: looking at are you looking at markets like in the UK right now which are hit arguably harder than the United States with uh, with their energy yes. needs?
0: We have been approached with one of the big uh, uh, hotel chains, I cannot really state the name now. Sure. Uh, that they are not running hotels, one a uh, few of the hotels currently due to the cost of the energy.
1: They're just not running the hotel. No, the
0: hotel is closed.
1: Wow.
0: Because the cost of the energy is Highly intense.
1: You'd think they would just raise the rates, but I mean, but that's nobody no, will so take No, so no one it. will take
0: it. So right. now, now they're talking with us quite uh, a lot for installing our system in order to be able them to reduce the dependency on the grid and start the system making hot water. Because, wow. you know, a hotel has a huge laundry, uh, sure. uh, so they need a lot of hot water.
1: I mean, where, where else, uh, you know, <laughs> the UK is no longer in the EU. So where where in the EU, I should say, instead of where else are you looking Because you know, I know Germany is also, for example, Ooh, yes. in this major slump uh, because of the war in Ukraine. So
0: we are... The invasion of Ukraine. We are today checking Germany, Italy, uh, France. It's not really a market because it's mostly nuclear yeah. uh, energy. Really? So energy is not expensive in France uh we are looking about
1: but to, they have the issue uh, of course as we discussed of uh of what to do with the waste so it, it's you still have uh in so to speak do you it's not?
0: their problem not ours <laughs> 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 but in any in any case i think uh, uh spain could be could be a good uh, uh partner for us for, for this kind of a system and all the norwegian countries uh, uh scandinavia norway uh, norway uh, Denmark, they, they can be a very good potential for that because they need heat most of the year. Right. So they need a lot of hot water. Well, the, these kind of a systems, uh, of this micro uh, uh, turbine system, they are heat-driven. We produce more heat than electricity. So if the system produces 40 kilowatt electricity, we produce almost 70 kilowatt of heat. So the heat, if s- someone doesn't need the heat, we cannot put the system there. He needs a lot if someone needs a lot of heat for heating water, or heating or the the building, so and we need just, we need. So to, in
1: a so in a place where the climate is naturally hot, it may not be a fitting no, it's thing not. to
0: do. No, it's not. We have checked uh, the area of Dubai, and uh, uh, all and it's this. no good for them. No, it's not good for them. It's what? not good for them. There is also an issue of the ambient temperature. If the ambient temperature is high, the efficiency of the system goes down, and this goes for everyone. Sure. Also for the electrical company, it goes for everyone if the hot air goes inside so the system so what's the solution for them uh they just burn more gas and create <laughs> just, more pollution that's, like it's no a good there's thing no they solution have oil, i guess yeah that's yeah it's <laughs> not, there's no solution for that there's no but when you go to hot places the the solution is really uh, marginal Wow, that's terrible yeah indeed but they have money and they have oil so but they, they have money make, and they have oil. oil so that they burn whatever so they need they don't need. care they don't care and they do a lot of uh, cooling like in the in the last uh, uh, football matches, they cooled the stadiums. So oh god, yeah, yeah, and that that's a massive amount of energy. They,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, we can, we, I think we can have another whole hour or two hour long podcast just talking about FIFA and the World Cup in, in indeed, indeed. In, 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 Qatar. in Qatar.
0: Yeah, oh gosh, but you know, if if you look about the uh, talking about the future of our children here. And I think what will happen to the energy, uh, the energy will be uh, what they call it today, like in a cloud. There will be a cloud of energy. Everyone will be able to pour energy inside this cloud and you will just have an extremely clever meter in home that will be able to monitor and uh, consume exactly what you need. And that will be even including the battery of your EV cars. So the battery of gonna, your EV car will. gonna put little will, mini turbines in there. No, no. you will just use <laughs> if, just power it. if it is no 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 if it is charged for one hundred percent, they will pay you for recharging it back to the network. So they will use the battery in the car as a power source to the net, to manage the cloud of the uh, uh, energy. And make your make your electric car work both work ways, for you both ways. It will. Either consume or pull back to the uh, to the system. And if you're talking about the United States, the uh, Mackenzie report, I think from end of twenty twenty two, stated that uh, uh, close to fifty million EV cars will be in uh, the United States in twenty thirty. That's not far away from today, so that's in about six or seven years. You will have fifty million EU. Uh, uh, new EV cars in the United States. That's amazing. And today, everyone realize that there will be a lot of difficulties to charge them. You will not be able to charge them on fast charger, on the DC charger. I mean, because again, it's hooked up to that ancient grid. Yes, indeed. Indeed. You, can, you will not be able to, to charge them on, on fast charging at home, only in public places. And the, the claim is that more than 45 million of them will be charged at home. So that means instead of having an apartment of consuming, let's like, say between 1.5 to 2 kilowatts per apartment, it will be more than tripled per apartment. So I assume not everyone will be able to charge a car and you will have to manage the charging of the car. So let's assume if you have 50 cars in the, uh, in the parking uh, garage, so you will have to manage who is getting power, not everyone altogether. Oh boy.
1: All right, well, I hope uh I hope that uh, that we find this solution real quick. It sounds like turbogen has a pretty pretty good idea here.
0: Yeah, we have because we <laughs> can we can uh, let's say reduce the load on the grid and provide the energy when it is required, especially if you're looking about the downtime uh, during right. the during the night when the uh, uh, consumption of uh, electricity in the building is very low, so you can use this for charging the cars because you put our system works 24/7. That's amazing. Yeah, indeed.
1: Uh, and I uh, just just a random aside, I realize now I've been confusing the acronyms PV and EV for a while now. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of I was thinking electric voltaic and then, no, that's, no, no, not, no, no. that's yeah, no, electric, electric vehicle, vehicle, vehicle. And photovoltaic photovoltaic yeah, yeah indeed.
0: Uh, that's indeed. It.
1: That's Uh one of the what was a Freudian slip or something like that yeah. whatever it's called. <laughs> Correct. All right. Ziv from TurboGen. I am so, so happy that you came in today. Thank you so much for, for telling us about this. Uh, that is a wrap, though. I'm Aaron Porras, and for more Actually Serious topics, remember to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on AaronPorras.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, uh, uh, Apple, Google, anywhere a podcast uh, will be, and of course, No Camels and Audioversity. We love you. See you next
0: time. Thank you very much for inviting me.
1: Actually Serious. Amazing Conversations from Israel, All Topics Considered, with Aaron Porras and
0: Hannah Rifkin. All our shows and podcasts are available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity.